just to take a step back further and just allow even our bodies to detox. Amen. Because we've been eating everything we wanted and at least once in a year, allow your body to just let go. Amen. To detox your spirit, to detox your soul, to detox. Amen. So for us, July is a month where we really seek the face of the Lord and ask God to realign us. If you've missed a path along the way, we say, Father, direct us one more time. Amen. So open with me in the book of James chapter 4. Praise God. The book of James chapter number four. Amen. If you are there, say, I am there. Are you? Are you really there? James chapter four and verse eight. Amen. We start, sorry, from verse seven. The Bible says, therefore, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Praise God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn, weep and weep. Amen. First verse number seven says, therefore submit yourself to God. Amen. We learned, pastor has been teaching us about the fear of the Lord. You cannot submit God if you don't fear him. You cannot submit to your husband if you don't reverence him or you don't respect him. So the same applies to God. We cannot submit to God unless we have that personal fear of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says then resist the devil and he will free from you. So you start with the fear of the Lord. And once you have the fear of the Lord, you can resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. How do you resist the devil if you have the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is a constant reminder of God's word in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul. It's a constant reminder of what God says about a particular situation. And once you can stand firm on the word of God, resisting the devil with the word of God, then the devil will flee from you. Amen. Say, for instance, you have an issue of sickness or a disease you are dealing with in your life. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. How do you resist the devil? You resist him with the sword that you have been given. Amen. The only way the devil will flee is if you resist him with the sword that you have been given. Amen. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 that the word of God is our spear, is our, is our weapon that we fight the devil. Amen. So we resist the devil through what? The word of God. Amen. So when he flees from you, the Bible says then draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Praise God. That tells me that for me to get to God, it's me who has to make the first step. God will not come to me. I have to make the first step towards God. Because some of us are expecting God to do miracles, to do wonders amongst us, yet we are sitting, we are not coming near to him. Amen. So the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if I make the first step towards God, God will make another step towards me. So we meet halfway, but he doesn't come uninvited. He does not come uninvited. He has to be invited into our lives. Otherwise, 
we will be there forever. So if there's a situation where we've been there forever, it feels like it, it's never ending, we need to ask ourselves this question, have we drawn near to God or have we just let things believe God will do a miracle without drawing near to him? The secret to hearing from God is to realize that we have to make the first move. We have to make the first move. We have to be the one who wakes up in the morning to seek the face of the Lord. We have to be the ones who open up the Bible. God will not come down and open the Bible for us. We have to make the first move. Amen. God leaves it to us to make the first move. And then he responds by drawing closer to us. Amen. So once we make a step, we've opened the Bible. We've read his word. God will definitely show up in our lives. Amen. He will definitely honor his word because the Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. Has he spoken it? Will he not cause it to come to pass? And what has he said about that situation you are going through? Has God said anything? Is there a word you can back it up and say, I've come to God based on this word? Because we cannot just come in our own accord. Amen. The Bible says in Revelations, if we just turn it quickly, Revelations chapter 4. Jesus says, after these things I looked up, behold, a door standing open, and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet seeking. Come up here. I will show you things which must take place after this. Amen. Come up hither. God invites us to come, but it's, it's our first response to step to God. To say, God, we need you. And God will welcome us. It's like a door. God says, I am the door. But do you know that for you to open the door, you have to come to the door to open it. Otherwise, if something that you want is on the other side of the door and you're standing here, not knocking, not doing anything, just standing and hoping the door will open, do you know you can be there for the whole year? And some of us are in the same situation we were in last year, this time. And we are wondering, why is this door not opening? But you are standing at the door. You are not knocking at the door. You are not opening the door to go in. This is why God says, draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Praise God. So the prerequisite we had from the scripture that we just read, James, let's go back to, to the book of James quickly, where we read that there are prerequisite for us to come into the presence of the Lord. James chapter 4 and verse number 9. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, that's number one you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amen. Amen. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Those are the two things we are needed to do as we approach God. Cleanse your hands. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 24, from verse 3 to 4, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who will ascend? Because now it's, it's, it's our free will. We are going into, 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 into God's presence. Who can ascend? Who qualifies to ascend into the hill of the Lord? The Bible says then in verse 24, verse 3 to 4, Psalms, who may ascend? He says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted his soul to an idol? 
nor sown deceitfully. Amen. So we've got to have what? Clean hands and a pure heart. Praise God. So if we want to come into the presence of the Lord, we have to clean our hands and purify our hearts. The hands is what we do. It's our actions. And the heart is what we think of, our thoughts and our words. So how do we purify our hands? The things we do with our hands, you know, we cleanse the works of the enemy. Anything that is not of God that we do with our hands, we need to come before God and say, Father, forgive us. So it just simply means ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says in the book of First John, if we say we have no sin, we've made God a liar. That's what the Bible says. So every time you come into the presence of God, sometimes the reason why we feel heavy when we come to pray is because we have unconfessed sin. So in this month of seeing the glory of God, it's five weeks of the glory of the Lord. For us is to constantly be aware of sin around us. If you sense you've missed the way, God says, come back to me. Ask for forgiveness and move on. Amen. These are the things that will let us be able to pray and ask God. And as we pray, God will be revealing some things that we have done. God will be revealing things that we ought to repent of. Amen. And he says, purify your heart, your thoughts, your words. Amen. So in this month of fasting, we have to think about our words. We have to think about what we are thinking of. I like what pastor said last week that, you know, when we get to heaven, there will be a big screen and this will be rolling all the thoughts that are going in our minds as we sit and, and watch and, and listen to the word as it will be played before us. So every time the Bible says, take captive of every thought and make it obedient to the word of God. So thoughts will come. It doesn't mean... It means we are all human beings. We will think of things that are wrong. We will think of things that are right. But the things that are wrong, we can take captive of them. In our minds, we can just say, Father, that thought is not from you. Amen. Anytime you send the devil says, do something wrong, you are thinking a bad thought about somebody, you just say, I take captive of that thought and I make it obedient to the word of God. Amen. Because when we come into the presence of God, we are like parachutes. Every time a parachute ascends, it ascends because it's light. The only reason why it's defying gravity, so it is ascending because it's very light, it can rise up to any level it wants. So if we want to rise up to any level in God this month, we have to be very light spiritually. We have to be very light spiritually. Otherwise, we cannot ascend into the holy place, into the holy presence of God. We will feel like we've wasted 31 days. But for us to ascend is to eliminate the things that are hindering us. Amen. It's to take away every hindrance away from us so we can run the race that is set before us. Amen. So if you are running and something is holding you back, you'll end up running in the same spot. If you are trying to run and something is holding you back, immediately you are accelerating, something is holding you back. You have to let that thing that is holding you go so you can accelerate and be in the presence of God. Because in his presence, we are changed. Amen. In his presence, we are transformed. In his presence, we are renewed. 
In his presence, we are recharged. In his presence, our mind is renewed. So for us to be in the presence of God this month, we have to let go of everything that is hindering us. Our thoughts has to be pure. If you come and you feel you've done something in the day, it's normal. We are human beings. We are still in this flesh. So we will miss the way one way or the other. But we come back to God quickly, repent, so that nothing will hold us back. Amen. So our hearts, the Bible makes us understand in Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So does Proverbs 4, 23. So every time we speak, we speak what is in our hearts. This is why when you've spoken, you cannot delete your words. Once you've spoken a negative word to somebody, you cannot go back to say, oh, can I erase that? I didn't mean it. A lot of people say, sorry, I didn't mean that. But the fact that it came out of the mouth, it means you thought of it so quickly that it came out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So whatever is in your heart will overflow to your mouth. That is why even in marriages, whatever is in your heart will overflow to your husband or your wife, will overflow to your children because it's in your heart. So what is in your heart? If it's the word of God, Whatever is in your heart will overflow on the outside. When the situation comes, because the only way we can get tested and pass the test is for us to use the word against a situation. So out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth will speak. When those symptoms come back, what do you say? What do you say to overcome the enemy? When the child behaves in a wrong way, what do you say to overcome the works of the enemy? When that marriage is working or not working, what do you say to overcome the enemy when it doesn't work? Because anything, out of, because sometimes it's easy when things are not going right. You speak negatively. You say, oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, it wasn't meant for me. Whereas you can turn things around with your words. Amen. So this month, be careful of our words. We need to be careful of what we say. We need to be careful of what we think because we are ascending into the holy presence of God. Amen. This is why when we say there's a mountain of prayer, a mountain is higher up. For you to get to the mountain, you've got to ascend. And for you to ascend and it's easy, let go of every way that is hindering us. Let go of any unforgiveness that is, is harboring us. Let go of any ill feelings about people. Let go of any evil thoughts that might come into your mind. For us to ascend into the holy place of the Lord, we need to let go. Let go of every negative thing that so easily entangle us. Because it's easy to be entangled for 31 days. Stay in the same place for 31 days, yet you think, I'm praying and fasting. Sometimes unforgiveness will cost you your 31 days of prayer and fasting. So it's important when you are one-on-one -on -one with God, be real with God. Don't pretend as if there's somebody listening. It's just you and God. So let's, let's confess it before him. If you have any difficult situation you are going through, you have a bit of unbelief somewhere, just say, Father, I'm struggling with unbelief at this moment. Help me, you know, and move on. Because you can pretend all 31 days, but to whose detriment? To your own detriment and not to God's detriment. God says already, before you call, I will answer. 
So the answers are already there. So before you call, I will answer. So he's ready to answer us whenever we open our mouth to call. But the only thing that prevents a lot of people from waking up to come into the presence of the Lord is because they are feeling heavy, heavy from... unconfessed sin just confess it deal with it no one will hear there is no CCTV camera there is no microphone which will say oh my god you did this just say father this is what I did I am so sorry I repent of all my sin because if I, if I, I come to you and I, I don't confess this sin it means I've made you a liar I am sorry and I come into your presence I come into your throne room of grace in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve stayed in the permanent presence of God until sin came in. They were permanently in the presence of God. How nice would it be to be permanently in the presence of God? Staying in the presence of God, but that is achievable because Christ in us is the hope of glory already. So we know that that is possible. Amen. So we can stay permanently in his presence without saying, I only come into the presence of the Lord when I'm in church. And when I go home, I come out of his presence. That's not possible. We can stay permanently in the same glory of God. We can stay in that glory continuously. Through reflection, we reflected our lives. We pick ourselves and we move on. There is nothing God cannot fix. There is nothing God cannot fix. In the book of Luke, he says, is, you know, there is nothing impossible with him. So impossibility doesn't exist before God. Amen. So even if it looks so impossible, still bring it before him. Amen. So in this season of prayer and fasting, bring everything that God has done for you before him. Anything that is hindering you, anything that is slowing your progress from achieving your goals, let's bring it before him and see God move. Amen. The Psalms 91, it tells us exactly what are the benefits of coming into his presence. We should look forward to coming into his presence and not dread it because as we come into his presence, Something awesome happens. Amen. Psalms number 91. The Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. As you come into his presence, as you draw near to him, he draws near to you. So it means you are now in his presence. Amen. As you draw near to him, he makes the step and you've entered into God's zone, his presence. The Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty God. Amen. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Amen. If there's anything chasing you, you can come into that secret place of the Lord and say, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. Amen. It means he fights all your battles. Amen. My God in whom I will trust. Hallelujah. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Amen. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Every morning you wake up, the devil trembles if you're a prayer person because he knows that now, you know, I'm in trouble. 
Because this is what the Lord says, he shall deliver you from all the snares. So every single day you wake up, the enemy sets up snares before you. This is why it's important to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And once he is near you, he will be your, your, your shadow. Or you'll dwell in the shadow of the almighty God. Once you dwell in the shadow of the almighty God, any perilous pestilence, any trap of the enemy, you can overcome it. Praise God. Hallelujah. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall find refuge. If, he, if God covers you with his feathers, oh my God, it's like a mother hand covering you. He protects you from anything that is going around the world. He protects you. You come home, you are peaceful, you don't know how you made it through the day. People are complaining on your left. People are complaining on your right. But because he has covered you with his feathers, you come home safe and you can rest safe. Hallelujah. Amen. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Hallelujah. His word will be your shield. It means there will be arrows that are fashioned against you, but they will not prosper. Any weapon fashioned against you shall not prosper because the Lord is your shield and he is your buckler. Hallelujah. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. So it means every day you will not walk around and thinking, oh, I've heard this has happened in London. I'm so scared that it's going to happen around me. But God is God who, who will shield you from any terror, from any flying arrows that have been fashioned against you. Praise God. Nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Hallelujah. There's lots of pestilence going around. Pestilence could be viruses and, 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 and bacteria that are around. There's so many new diseases that are coming up. But when you are under the shadow of the almighty God, he protects you from all those things. People will say, I am sick, but none shall say, I am sick in Zion. Because the Lord, our God, we are staying in the secret place of the almighty God. In verse 7, it says, A thousand may fall on your side, ten thousand on your right hand, but it shall never come near you. Hallelujah. I thought you'd be excited about these promises. Amen. One thousand will fall, ten thousand, but it shall never come near you. It's like being involved in a car accident and, 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 and the, the car is written off and yet you come out walking, no scratches, nothing. God will protect solution in this season in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in verse 8, only with your eyes will you see it. Amen. And see the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. We are not the wicked. We are the righteousness of Christ. Only with our eyes will we see it. We will hear it that it happened there. It happened there. But it will never come in your household. It will never come in your life. It will never come in your family. It will never come near your children's lives. Because we have made the most high God our hiding place. Hallelujah. Because we have made the Lord your refuge, even the most high God, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Hallelujah. Nor any plague come near you, for he shall give his angels charge over you. Hallelujah. 
Every day you wake up, there are angels that are already on standby, waiting for you to move, and they move. Hallelujah. If we stay in the presence of the, God, of, of the Lord, God has already commanded his angels concerning us. Immediately you step out of your house, there are angels all around you. You may not see it with your physical eyes, but there are angels all around you waiting on God for you. Amen. I don't know if you've had an angelic visitation, but when it happens, you know that this is not natural. It's supernatural. Hallelujah. God is about to do supernatural things in our lives that we will not have any explanation except to say, unless the Lord has done it, it would not have happened. Amen. Unless the Lord, I remember an angelic visitation I once had uh, when I was a, still young as a Christian. I went to um, Croydon one day, parked my car and uh, parked in the wrong place. I was rushing off, you know, you know, to get something in the shop and back in the car. By the time I got back, my car had disappeared. My car had been towed away. And can you imagine coming out of West Croydon, standing on the street and looking for your car? Where will you start to look for it? Have, has anybody been to West Croydon before? You come out of there, you look around, it's busy, it's a marketplace, people are moving up and down. I was asking, did you see a car, a Navy car um, with this registration? Everyone was looking at me thinking, what do you mean? There's so many cars on the streets. What do you mean? How, how can we know, you know, where your car is? And that day, I know I had an angelic visitation because as I was standing there, nearly in tears thinking, I'm sure, I do you know when you're looking for a car, you can even lift up the carpets to look for it. But it's so big, it can never go under the carpet. But if you are so desperate, you look in the bin, around the bin, maybe something moved it. You know, you'll have any explanation to try and figure out what happened. But I remember that fateful day that as I was standing there distressed, at that time I didn't even have a fiance that I could call and say, oh hon, please help me. I was still on my own, you know, I was thinking, what should I do? Should I go to the police? Where do I start? I don't even know where the police station is here. I was standing there nearly in tears. I was thinking, God, what should I do? A man walked in to, straight to me and said, oh, do you drive a Navy car? And I said, yeah. What's your registration number? And I told him, I said, oh, they towed it away. And in actual fact, the man was not even walking. He was in a car. He sort of swerved before me and said, is your car navy? And I said, yes. What make is it? And I explained what car it is. And he said, get in the car. Trust me, I wouldn't do that on a normal day. Get in the car. I know where they've taken your car to. Randomly, I didn't see where he came from. Out of an ordinary day, I wouldn't jump into a stranger's car. But something within me, I don't know what happened. He says, I know where they've taken your car. Jump in the car. I got in on the side of the car, sort of sitting on the edge like this, just in case anything happened, I'll be able to open the door when he gets to a stop place. He took me straight to where the car had been towed to. He took me straight to where they have put the car. He went with me to the office to find out where is this Navy car registration, so and so and so. They said, oh, it's there. It needs to be paid for because it had parked in a wrong place. He says, oh, okay, so your car is here. I'll wait in the car. I went, sat in, sought out the payment that I needed to pay, 
and went out. I went to the car. They showed me the car. I looked outside. The man had gone. The man had disappeared. I felt so bad. I didn't take his number. I can't thank him. What do I do? I knew that day I had an angelic visitation. And, and those visitations are still possible on this day. They are still possible that God will intervene on your behalf just like he did years ago. Just like he did years ago. I looked around everywhere I was driving. I was hoping I would see this man. I would see this man. I never saw him. He never left his number. I never thanked him. And I believe to this day, I had an angelic visitation. So God, when we dwell in the secret place of the most high God, he makes a way possible where you don't know how it's going to happen. He made it for the Israelites when they were just about to cross the Red Sea. According to them, they were running. They didn't know what was going to happen. Chances are they were going to drown. Chances are they were just going to be, you know, to, 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 to swim. Or chances are they didn't know. But by the time their feet stepped on the sea, the sea parted. So it doesn't matter how long it takes. God will part that Red Sea. It doesn't matter how it looks like. But by the time you get there, God will part it. He's never late. He's never too early. He gets there right on time. Right on time. And when he gets there on time, he makes everything beautiful in his own time. Amen. So hang in there. No matter what you are going through, there is no situation God cannot sort. Amen. The, 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 the issue is, do you want it sorted? Because if you want it sorted, this period of prayer and fasting, pastor is even giving us the mandate for every three days of the fast. So it means in the 31 days, for 10 days, you pray specifically for the things that you want God to do. So use this opportunity as a time of seeking the Lord and going before his presence and seeking him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 14. Praise God from verse number 22. Amen. This is the parable when story about Jesus walking on water. The Bible says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Amen. The previous um, chapter, we have seen Jesus perform a miracle of fish and loaves and fed the 5,000. So immediately after that miracle had happened, Jesus then immediately made his disciples go into the boat and go before him to the other side. So he said to his disciples, go in the boat, I'll catch up with you along the way. So while he sent the multitude, oh, so while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Praise God. So after he performed the miracle, he then got his disciples to go in the boat and said, okay, disciples, I'll catch up with you. Um, we've done the miracle. Um, the multitudes have gone home. I'll, I'll find you in a minute. So get in the boat and go ahead. I'm coming. So the reason why he sent them away, because he knew that he needed his time alone with God. He needed his time alone with God. 
for us to recharge our batteries, we've got to come to God. How do we minister to people if our batteries are running on empty? It's like a mobile phone that is running on empty. You cannot make a call. You cannot send text messages. You cannot, bless you, you cannot send any messages. You cannot do anything. You cannot make a call. While you are trying to make a call, it cuts off. For us to be able to come into the presence of the Lord is for us to come and recharge. So Jesus understood this. I've performed a miracle. I've lifted the, 12, the, 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 the fish and the loaves to God. He has multiplied them. It's a miraculous experience. And the people have eaten and they're full. And now they've gone home. Now what I need to do is to get into, back into the presence of God. Get the same power that God used me to do to do another miracle. So for us to experience a daily refreshing, if Jesus could come out and be isolated and come into the presence of God to recharge. How more about us? Jesus, we know, was God himself, but he sought the face of the Lord through prayer. So for us to reconnect with that power, we need to be in his presence. Spend some hours in the presence of God. Spend time. It doesn't mean it doesn't have to be an hour. However time it takes for you to receive a word from God. Stay there. Stay there. Praise God. So when Jesus, as we read in verse 23, when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain by himself. And now when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed about by the waves and by the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Hallelujah. For a normal human being, it's impossible to walk on the sea unless you've experienced the supernatural. You have to experience the supernatural for you to walk on water. For us to do the impossible, we have to be in the presence of God to do the supernatural. For the supernatural to happen in our lives, we have to be in the presence of God. Otherwise, we will be there. We will sink. We'll get in the water and we'll sink. Amen? So now in the fourth watch, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out of fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Hallelujah. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Amen. Amen. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down on the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw, when, when he saw the water was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus has spent some time in the presence of God. I don't know how long he spent there, but some, some version says in the beginning of dawn. So it was early hours of the morning. They were still on the boat going on the other side. So Jesus left the place where the miracle took place 
and, 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 and went to pray. We don't know how long, but I know that the prayer he prayed, they were so powerful that when he, he, he was nearly catching up with them, just walking on the sea. Otherwise, he could have gotten to their destination way before he got, they got there because he was now operating in the supernatural. He could have gotten to their destination long before they got there in their boat. So I believe if Jesus would have carried on walking, they would have found him on the other side waiting for them. He was ready to welcome them on the other side. What made him have such speed is coming and drawing near into the presence of God and seeking the face of the Lord. It will take us seeking the face of the Lord to experience the supernatural. So when Peter saw him say, Jesus, is that you? If it is you, bid me to come to water. So when he says come, Peter operated in the same supernatural power of Jesus until he lifted his eyes and began to look around in his circumstances and everything sort of, he just sank. So this is why we cannot afford to look at our circumstances. But the Bible says we shall lift up our eyes into the hill. Our help comes from the, from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is why we have to keep our eyes up, looking up on him. Because once you, you, you take your, your eyes off God and look at your situation, trust me, you will sink. How do we look at the situation? Sometimes the doctor gives you a diagnosis and you start Googling it up and checking it. And you know that is not the word of God. That thing will sink you. Once you see what the, what the Google says about what you are going through, it's the more you believe what Google says about the situation than believe what God is saying about the situation. So as soon as you lift up your eyes to the hillside, you float. You walk where Jesus walked. Amen. The storms may come, but you are floating. Nothing can sink you if you are walking in the supernatural. And the only way we can operate in the supernatural is when we're holding on to the word of God. Amen. Amen. This month, we have to hold on to his word so that nothing will sink us. There is so many things that can cause people to sink. A financial difficulty can cause you to sink because you're looking like our sister shared a testimony that she didn't know where she was going to stay. If she, had, if she was looking at her circumstances, she won't be able to sleep thinking, where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to sleep? Instead of lifting your eyes up to the hill and saying, Father, we know that you own the cattle upon a thousand hills. Everything I need is already provided for. I thank you that everything I will ever need has already been provided for. I know the natural says this, but I know the supernatural says something different. Amen. And as you look up, because you have a choice, you look down or you look up. Every situation you face, you, do you look down to the situation or you look up to heaven? You always have the choice because a negative report can come. You can either look at it or look up to God and say, Father, here is this report, but I still look up to you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You are able to make a way where there seems to be no way. You are able to part this Red Sea. I'm able to walk on dry ground. I believe you and I thank you in Jesus' name. So this month, if you want to experience God's glory and walk in the supernatural, take yourself off from the norm. Unplug your phone. Unplug your device. Unplug, unplug your busy schedule. Seek the face of the Lord. 
Don't do it because church, we are doing it. Do it because you really want God to see God. You really want to hear God. You really want to hear him say to you, this is the way you should walk in. Walk here. This is the turn you should take. Turn here. Don't do it because we are doing it religiously. Don't do it because it, it, it's, a, it's a corporate fast. So I must, I must not eat. I must just, you know, fast. And you don't pray. You don't do anything. You don't pray for the kingdom. You don't pray for the souls. You don't pray for anything. And just say, Lord, I'm fasting. I'm fasting from six to six. I keep my mouth shut. I don't speak. I don't eat. I don't do anything. I'm fasting. You might as well start eating breakfast and, 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 and crack that egg and eat the bacon and just eat. If you're not going to pray, because by the end of 31 days, the glory level will be based on the word. What is God saying? And, and in solution, we are really privileged because God already gives us the prayer points every morning. So we can't say we have no prayer points to pray on. We already have the prayer points. But there comes a time where you move from the prayer points and seek God for your face. Just like Moses said, face to face. There is a time for corporate prayer as we are praying corporately. And there is a time for a private time of fellowship with the Lord. The Bible says, lock your room and be in the presence of the Lord with him. Just the two of you. No disturbance. Amen. I know in this difficult age, before you know it, children are running out. But choose a time where you can just spend the time. of. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter how long. The, the most important thing is you have to have the time with God. A personal time where he can refresh you. Because how can you refresh others who are coming? Multitudes are coming to solution. And the multitudes, they need to be refreshed. The multitudes that are coming needs to be refreshed. They've gone through stuff in their lives and they need to be refreshed. And if we are not refreshed, how can we refresh them? How can we refresh them? If you are, you are tired, you are weary, you are down and life has beaten you down and you are, you are looking down instead of looking up. By the time they come, they will come and we will not even see that they've come and gone. So for us to, to really appreciate them when they come is to be in the presence of the Lord. Seek the Lord with everything that we have. Seek him in the morning. In the, even if you're working, you don't have to kneel before your computer or anything. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the Lord knows that you are already seeking him. Trust me, as you meditate on the word, the word is just, will just begin to flow. This is why out of living waters, it should be like living waters flowing out of our belly. The, the word of God now should be really just flowing in our spirit man because we are feeding the spirit man with the word of God. I repeat again, there is no situation God cannot sort out. This month, purpose that that thing that has been there for years. We, you just present it before God. Say, God, I've come. I have come to seek you. And I know you are the God of the impossible. You did it for Abraham. He was 100. Sarah was 90. Gone beyond the normal, natural, physical, you know, things that women go through. But because God was in it. Because God was in it. So welcome God in your home. In your home, in your house, in your bedroom. Welcome him. 
Let him come. He says, I am at the door. I am knocking. You can say, come in. Oh, bye-bye. You can say, come in, Lord. He is knocking, you know, but you've got to make the first move. If God is knocking on your door tonight, he can be there knocking. The only person who can change things is the one who can open the door. Otherwise, the angels are already on our doorsteps with whatever we are believing God for. They are knocking, but we've got to come into the presence of the Lord. We've got to come into his presence, into his resting place. And let God overshadow us like he did with Mary. The miraculous conception of Jesus can never be explained. That the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. He will overshadow you. Sometimes you have to stay long enough to be overshadowed by his presence. Before you step out. Stay long enough to be overshadowed by his presence. For that thing that you are believing for to be conceived. You have to stay long enough for the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. When was the last time you broke down in the presence of the Lord? Because he overshadowed you so much that your body, your physical body could not contain his presence. You've got to stay long enough for him to overshadow you so he can show you the way. I believe it's, it's the overshadowing that causes the pregnancy. It is the overshadowing that causes the miraculous to happen. It is the overshadowing that causes the supernatural to happen. I don't know how long Jesus stayed on the mountain for, but I know he stayed long enough to be overshadowed for him to operate in the supernatural. So this month, stay long enough. Let nothing distract you from his presence. Let nothing, the, the amount of times we look in our phone. My husband was telling me, how many times do you touch your phone in a day? And I was trying to think, mm, I don't know. How many times do you touch your phones in a day? How many times do you, do you touch your phone? Just imagine how many times you touch your phone in a day. Any guesses? Just a guess. It's possible. Any other guess? A lot of times. Imagine every time you touch your phone, you are communicating with God. Imagine every time you send a text message, after you've sent it, you start praying. Every time you did something on your phone, trust me, it will change your lives now how you look at your phones. Since that day, immediately he says, if you touch your phone this many times, you can imagine if we touch God so many times a day. Our gadgets are with us in our pockets. We, every time it beeps, we are running. Every time it does, a mess, an email comes through, we're running to check it. Every time this happens, you want to do so many things you can do on your phone these days. But have you paused to think in this month, if I touched my phone as much as I touch God, what, what, how, how many things can happen in our lives? 
Think about the goodness of God every single day, how, what God can do in our lives just by coming into his presence. Why are we so scared to come into his presence? Why are we, you know, we have to formalize it. We don't have to formalize it. You can take, speak to God in the most weirdest of places. You can still commune with him. In the bathroom, I commune with God. I was preparing for my message, but I know when I was in the bathroom today, taking a shower, I was thinking, wow, scriptures are still downloading. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He doesn't mind where you are because he doesn't see your physical self. He sees your spiritual self. So sometimes we are very cute about where we, what, where to sit, to, to, to sit with God. We prepare so much. I have to be on a table. I have to have a lamp with me. I have to have a pen. Sometimes it is just a continuous conversation with God throughout the whole day. God will be revealing so much in these 31 days of glory. And I know without a shadow of doubt, that thing that has been bothering you, it might be a month, it might be a year, it might be years. Trust him and bring it before him. Trust him and bring it. There is nothing he cannot mend. Have you lost a spark in your relationship? He can mend it. Have you lost the zeal for the things of God? He can take you to another level. Have you lost your joy? He can lift you up to that place, a joyous place. This week, God was just reminding me about a song that was sung when I gave my life to Christ. It just broke me down. You know, it just broke me down. I was thinking, Lord, why do you take me so back? On the day I gave my life to Christ, I know what song was playing. I found where I belong. I sing your praises forever. Deeper in love with you. Here in your courts where I'm close to your throne. I found where I belong. Just spend time with him. Just love God. Just draw near. I mean, make an 